you know, my kids might not understand taking a break from work, but they will know at some point in their life when they're having a decision to make mm. about what's more important, money or relationships? What's more important, my time or something that I want that's a material want, you know? And they're going to think back, well, my parents did this and trusted God in this way. Maybe I can too. And mm. that's, that's my hope. We all have fearful thoughts that limit our lives and we make decisions accordingly. How much better would life be if we exchange those fears for perfect love and truth? Just saying this feels freeing. Welcome to the Abundantly Me podcast with Tara Olette. She's a life coach, speaker, teacher, and writer. It has been so cool to witness how aware Tara is to God's love as she flips the script of fear, inspiring us to live abundantly. And this is my dear friend, Laura Fonseca, who is the producer of this life-giving podcast. I'm delighted to share space with her as she joyfully depends on God's voice and the written word to love others well within the mysteries of life. Okay, ready to flip the script? Oh, it's time. Let's go. Hello, listeners. Welcome back. Welcome back. All right. We are in the seventh episode of this series, Redefining Success. Mm -hmm. And if you are like Laura and I, and you are ready to hear a different angle to how we look at what we just deem as the good life, you are in for a treat. How many of you listeners have ever thought to yourselves, Mm -hmm. man, it would be great just to pack up and travel the country in an RV? (laughs) I have. have. (laughs) Well, in today's conversation, we are talking to Jay and Natalie Richardson, Mm. and that is exactly what they did. Five years ago, they packed up their four children, and they went on a four-month adventure in an RV across the U.S. So I cannot wait to get into that Mm -hmm. story. But before we do, yes, ma'am. it's time for my Wheel of Fear report out. So last week, my Wheel of Fear landed on... Making a budget. I was sweating it out real good. (laughs) How'd it go? You had a week. I waited till this morning. (laughs) You know what I love about this podcast is our vulnerability, full exposure. I know. And I'm being real with you guys here. So it wasn't even so much a budget that I really needed to make. And this is kind of embarrassing. I had to make a list of what my expenses were Mm -hmm. because honestly, I didn't have a grand total of what our like basic monthly expenses were. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that's something I should probably just have, but I didn't, I had a good like guess of what it was. And I was pretty, I was pretty correct. But yeah, Mm -hmm. I sat down, made the list of all of our bills and all of the nobody likes to look monthly at monthly expenses, stuff. and wow, it is you know just right there. I'm like, so that's what we need. Okay, okay. Well, All because right. when you're making a certain amount of money, and you don't have to look at every bill every month because you're always covering expenses plus some. Yeah, you never are in debt. It's such a temptation to not have to. You just don't have not to see look those at things. it. I know. Mm-hmm. You know, I've always tried to live below my means so that right. it's never been an issue. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so I got that done and it's good to see it, you know, and it also reminded me of some subscriptions I could probably cancel that I don't need anymore. Uh, So overall, thank you, Will of Fear, for (laughs) getting me to finally do that. A little overdue, but hey, it's done. That's great. All right. High five to you. That's a high five. Yeah. (laughs) 
So this conversation today is especially sweet because Jay's my brother. Yeah. And so obviously Natalie's my sister-in-law mm-hmm. and I love them both so much. And I got to experience um, this whole process when they were going through it five years ago. And it was super inspiring to me. And so, Very much so. I believe it's going to be super inspiring yeah. to you listeners as well. So basically, five years ago, my brother decided to, and I had forgotten this part until we had gotten into um, the conversation and we recorded it, but he decided to take a complete sabbatical from his work just to have a rest. He did medical device sales and he needed a break from it. So this podcast, we're talking a lot about their RV trip, but in total, he took a year and a half off. Mm. And then at the end of that year and a half is when they did that four-month RV trip. Yeah, it's good. So... I loved revisiting this topic with them because there's so many things that I had forgotten. So it was yeah, like a blessing all over again to it, me. They had mentioned it was a blessing to them as well because they were going down memory lane and it was nearly to the month, five years yeah. ago. And uh, it was it was fun for all of us to participate because you, from your vantage point, me, I'm not related physically. But still but in this community of friends that we right. have. And in we're our all Oikos super, yes. and our Oikonomics the that relational capital um and the intellectual and just watch it's spiritual and watch how even physical i suppose just the time and the energy yeah. so how we all benefited from the risk and their bold faith their bold faith and their mm. it was such a it was such a flip scripper from mm. what the patterns of the world are i mean they pulled their kids out of school in march to start this right. trip. I mean, that's a How big deal. How many patterns? It'll be, listener, as you're listening in, pay attention to all the patterns that they went against mm-hmm. to follow the flow of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So good. Craziness. Complete. Uh, and that's why we, when we started this episode, we're like, how many of us want to stop life yeah. and get on the road and just go? Right. We want that life because we wanna we wanna you're gonna listen to Jay and Nat talk about that, but stop the grind and take a minute and and, and just take a sabbatical and for our mental health, for just the health of our family. So they're using oikonomics, um, which was an influencer in his decision. Absolutely. So listener, if you're new to this podcast or you're jumping in at this point. Uh, I just want to review real quick the five capitals that we, this little booklet that Jay is going to refer to um, is just precious. It really is a game changer. And it's that we all have these five capitals, like if you will, these five buckets in mm-hmm. our life that we can utilize to live a good life. Mm-hmm. And the proper order uh, is spiritual capital, relational capital, physical capital, intellectual and financial. And so listener, I just invite you, Laura and I invite you into listening for each of those capitals and how Jay and Nat have utilized them to um, take this bold leap of faith and pause patterns of the world to do something that only like divine love, like the Holy Spirit is inviting them into something mm-hmm. and they're saying yes. Yeah. And they're using these capitals in, in such a way to be able to say yes. Right. And there is so much good stuff in this conversation that we made it a two-parter. So enjoy part one of our conversation with Jay and Natalie Richardson. 
Well, thank you, Jay and Natalie, for being with us today to share your story with us. We were really excited to talk to you about your RV trip. It was 2018, right? Yeah, it was uh, five years ago from this week even. Yeah. Oh, wow, from this week. That's crazy. Happy anniversary. So you guys did four months with four kids in an RV and you traveled all over the US. So we just want to hear what led up to that and the decisions that you had to make to like make that happen and then all of it, what inspired you. So let's start there with this RV trip. What inspired you and how long had you been planning it before you actually decided it was going to happen? So I think that it started kind of just, you know, having kids, we kind of had this desire that both of us had. I don't even know initially where the desire started, but just conversations around like, man, part of raising our kids, we want to do something different with them. Like we want to take them outside of this culture, have them experience, you know, another culture just outside of the norm. So we just started dreaming and like envisioning what that would look like. And somehow that formed into over the years, like a real plan of like, okay, in 2019, you know, he's going to quit his job. We're going to move to Spain. And at the time we, when we were dreaming about this, we only had three kids. Right. And we were like, we're going to move to Spain for a year. We're going to homeschool the kids. We're going to travel all over Europe. Like that was kind of like our vision and our plan of like, you know, we had this passion and desire. This is what we were going to do with it. Right. So, I mean, I've always had a big like heart for adventure and then having kids, you know, you get, uh, I don't know if you guys have ever seen the movie. Uh, what is that? Is it uh, Parenthood or Parenthood. Parenthood? So Steve Martin is like in his bedroom. He's rant, he's arguing with his wife and he's getting ready for work. And she's just like, you know, well, you got to pick John up from here and you got to go yeah. here and you got to pick this up from the store. And he's like, my whole life is half to. And so that that concept of like grinding it out in life, I feel like it's one of the biggest lies that, that we have. And mm. I wanted to break that mold. And mm. so I think you know, one of the biggest motivators was, you know, breaking the pattern, like, don't, don't be conforming to the patterns, just, just do something different and see how God will provide. And so that was, you know, one of the biggest, I think, motivators. And then it just morphed into the RV trip was really just like a piece of the bigger picture of taking a sabbatical and taking some time off to focus on, you know, the kids and do some different things. And so I think that was the catalyst. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, well, what year was that when we finally it transformed into the RV trip. Well, 2015, I knew I was going to leave my job, but I thought it would be in 2019 because I had a lot of planning to do. You know, I'm a big planner. I like to save. I like to have every everything in a row before I take my quote unquote leap of faith. <laughs> so, so yeah, so that was 2015. And then at some point in 2016, Nat came into my office at home and she's like, I think the time is now to take mm. this medical, not 2019. I was like, really? And I was kind of like scared, but also encouraged. Like, well, if she's saying that, I mean, that's a green light right there. Now, what was on your heart? Why do you think you said now? I think like as, you know, a spouse, you see your spouse like going through certain things. And I could tell he was just kind of like in a place where it was like kind of like that grinding place. Like yeah. his job wasn't bringing, he, he was kind of at the end of his rope with work. But in our minds, it was like, okay, but like in 2019 is when we're going. So, you know, and I just had prayed and I felt like in me, those are the words. I feel like it was like the Lord said, the time is now. We were like, oh, okay. And that didn't make a ton of sense to us at first. We were like, what, right. you know, are we ready for that? What does that look like? You know? And we were like, is it Spain? Is it what, what are we doing now? Yeah. Cause you didn't even have the RV idea yet. We did not have that RV idea. No. And then around that same time, 
you know, sharing my heart with a buddy of mine, Alan. And, you know, later on that day, he texted me. He's like, hey, man, check this scripture out. And it was like, many are the plans in a man's heart, but it is the Lord's will that prevails. And, mm-hmm. you know, he didn't even say why he was sending it to me, but I knew because I was telling him all about my plans for 2019 and how we're going to do it. But I mean, he could even sense there was something in me like, nah, you're, you're supposed to be doing something different now. And that was just a beautiful series of like kind of confirmations from the Lord. It was like, mm-hmm. it felt like all this, it was like, okay, the time is now, but you know, you're not ready right when God says that you're like, <laughs> okay, God's saying that, but like, are you really saying that? And, and in this, in this whole mix, um, we get pregnant, you know, kind of mm-hmm. a, like later in marriage pregnancy, we've been married 20 years. We had three older kids. The youngest one was six at the time. And so we get pregnant and then we're kind of looking at each other like, are we still going to do this? Because mm. now we need like more money for another kid, right? And, <laughs> good health insurance. And good health yeah. insurance and so on. So I think we sat on that for just a couple of days and it was still like confirmation from God saying, no, I said the times now regardless. Mm. All right. Sounds good. So setting up this scene. You have at this time, Nat, like me, you have a teaching background, but you're not teaching. No, and I'm at home with the kids. And at this moment, 2015, you are also not working at the church. So you are not working, correct? I think I was working. I worked at the church until like right before our fourth Joanna was born. Okay. So, so I was working part time. Yep. At the church. Okay. And then Jay, you are working, apparently grinding. Uh, <laughs> grinding not only to provide for the family um, and not on purpose, I'm just using the language we've already used. And then kind of having a mental grind of like preparing for 2019 plan. And so you're working, um, earning a great income for your family in sales. And I don't know if you want to, if it's necessary to expound on what you do for a living. Yeah. I mean, part of my adventurous heart has been my career. So, you know, a lot of the things that, that I've prayed for in life have, have evolved around, you know, my career because we spend so much time in our jobs. I want it to be fun. I want it to be exciting. And so my first job out of college, it was great training, but I didn't love it. And, uh, and so then I found out about like medical device sales and you can actually get into some clinical sales and there's, you know, just a lot to learn. I love learning new things. And so, uh, I got my first medical device sales job in 2006 with a company called Boston Scientific. And that was a great starting point, learned a ton. And then I realized once I got in, I'm like, oh man, you can go way deeper than this. You know, mm-hmm. I was based, I, you know, I was selling things that were very, you know, straightforward, like dialysis catheter or a pick line, something just like selling a pencil, no, no big deal. And then there's some way more technical things that are more clinical and more fun and you have to learn a lot more and there's more training and there's pass or fail and there's risk because you can take a job and then you can get let go if you don't make Mm -hmm. the cut and all that stuff excited me so i went deep into that and literally got you know within 10 years you know two jobs that i really really wanted that i thought like man this is the perfect job for how i'm wired and so i took one did that for five years um and that was with a company called medtronic and then another device got approved in the US and I was like, man, I would love to be a part of starting a therapy. And that would be so exciting. So I jumped into that in 2012 and I was, you know, gone two, three nights a week and just really loving it, but just building something, you know? And so I was, I think I was really fired up about that job for about two and a half, three years. And then around that three year mark, I just started feeling this sense of like, man, is this the right thing? Is this what I was made to do? Mm-hmm. And uh, and just I wanted confirmation. And 
And then in the back of my mind, I always had this itching feeling of like, well, what about Matthew six? Like, am I really trusting you, Lord? Or am I just thankful that I have a good income and I can, you know, buy things that we need and go mm-hmm. on vacation? Um, or am I really, you know, seeking the kingdom first? Because I thought I was surrendered and and I may have been fully, but I still had this question mark in the back of my mind. And so part part of quitting, I think, and taking a sabbatical was I want to trust God in a different way. I want to see you provide in a different way. I wasn't mm-hmm. testing him, but I wanted to experiment. That's beautiful. Hard. I know. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Especially when you've worked so hard to get where you are in your career and you really enjoy what you're doing. Mm. So, okay. So in 2018, in March of 2018 is when you guys started your adventure. When did you decide, like how far in advance had you decided that, okay, it's going to be an RV trip and you started planning out like all of your stops? We had like some really good friends, uh, this family, the Medfords, and we kind of sat down with them at one point and they have super adventurous hearts and have done some really amazing things as a family. And we said, Hey, here's some things that we're thinking, you know, I'm pregnant <laughs> with a baby on the way, you know? And so we were like, we're thinking about Spain. We're thinking about Europe. And I don't know when RV came into the picture. I don't know if they brought it up or not, but at some point they were like, hands down, they were like, Oh, you need to do the RV trip with your kids. They're like, that's exactly the ages your kids are at. They're like, it's the perfect age. They're like, it will be amazing. And like he said, he loves learning. So he immediately just started learning everything there was to learn about RVs. And we started following families on YouTube that had done it. And I'm like, super, I get super scared. And so he found this family that had like eight kids and they were doing it. And I was like, okay, if they can do it, I can do it. I was like, I can take a baby on an RV trip. Let's do it. I picked and choose my YouTube like videos and examples carefully of what I would show her. Once again, <laughs> things are going really well. This has been such a great time for our family. I didn't, there are some that I did not show her. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to back up real quick, because I know Oikonomics was a book that I don't know in our circle of friends who first came across the book Oikonomics, but that's the book that we've been referencing in this series. Did that influence both yeah, of you? Absolutely. Thinking? That was a huge influence. In fact, um, we were reading a book by Mike Breen, who's one of the authors of Oikonomics. And in this book that Mike Breen wrote was called Building a Discipling Culture. So we were going through some, you know, refocusing on discipleship, methods of how to disciple, how to be a disciple, you know, with a bunch of friends in our community. And we came across this book, Building a Discipling, Discipling Culture. There was a chapter in that book that had to do with Oikonomics, but it was really short and brief. And I thought, man, this this thing, there's gonna be more to this. And so I started Googling that and found that one of Mike Breen's, I guess, ministry partners dove deeper and wrote this book just solely on Oikonomics. And so I ordered that, it was on Amazon. It was a little booklet, read it, and was just fired up with mm. every single like page it was just encouragement. Cause it, you know, you guys say flip the script. I mean, it flipped things upside down with how we normally do everything. And you know, one of the things with being in the Christian community since I was, you know, 20, but also being really interested in business and entrepreneurship, you battle with some of the messaging sometimes being like, I gave up everything and I went into ministry. It's like, well, bro, we're all in ministry. Amen. So every single day, like you're, you're in ministry, that's your life. So I love the fact that it kind of right sized all the priorities that Jesus would have in the economy, in the you know, life mix of, you know, being in relationship. So starting from spiritual, which is the most important, right? Relationship with the father through Jesus. And then at the, and then the fifth one, the last one, you guys have covered this in your podcast, financial. 
So it's not that financial is not important. It's just not the most important. Yeah. And so, you know, prioritizing that, I'm like, man, what could I do to invest in some of the higher up categories? What could I do to invest in relational? Yeah. So relational with whom? My kids, my wife, uh, my friends, and, and, then, and then the spiritual. So I wanted to use the financial capital to invest in those things and see what the return would be. That's beautiful. I mean, we can already hear that in the language. You know, mm -hmm. you tapped in, you invested in relationships. You talked about friends in our community, the Medfords and the Gets, and, you know, then we bounce off each other of resources and um, the intellectual capital. It's like just by natural conversation. That's why you and I were talking about a little bit more and more and more is because it is a natural part of conversation, but we don't realize, we don't pay attention to those capitals that we all have and how to balance them and be more intentional, uh, use one to benefit the other. So thanks for speaking into that because I knew that that was a, yeah. a key part of your decision-making. And I feel like, did you for your 40th give everybody a copy of that book? So yeah, for my 40th birthday, I gave everybody a little gift bag. And uh, your favorite things. Yeah, when I turned 40, I was like super emotional. I felt like, oh, man, I'm getting so old and, and, and emotional here. But I really was so thankful for all the people in my life that have been a part of our growing in our marriage and in our, in, our, um, in our faith. And then I, and I've seen so much growth from all of you guys, like in our, in our community. And so, uh, I don't know, I was really feeling just led to, to give you guys things that mean a lot to me. And that book was one of them. So you guys got, I think you got that book. You got my favorite beer. Uh, oh, yeah. I forgot about that one completely. People At the time, like, I can't drink that stuff anymore. <laughs> it was like a coffee flavored beer, I think. It was a it was a <laughs> breakfast out, but uh, yeah, more into IPAs now. Mm. But you also gave um, the Passion Translation Bible. Oh, that's right. Oh, that was me. That oh, that was, was, that was, that was yours. Yeah. Well, either way, you guys give great gifts yes. on your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> way to flip the script on um, celebrating your birthday by celebrating and, and gifting to others. I was. totally stole that idea because for my 40th, I gave all my girlfriends one of my favorite books. Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, it's a great idea. Such a great idea. You guys always have great ideas. Yeah. I think I stole it from Oprah. I do credit for that. I think that was Oprah's idea. Um, she probably stole it from Jesus. So, yeah. You're right. <laughs> totally. No, she, if it's a good idea and it's loving, it's from Jesus. That's right. Now, Jay, I don't know if I heard this correctly or felt the pulse of this correctly during this season when you guys were making these decisions, but when you were talking about your 40th and feeling that emotion, I know that's the heart, that's God's heart within you. You're a beautiful man. Both of you are just a beautiful couple. Um, but did any of it play a part in your dad's passing when you were younger in the way that you wanted to just live your life and certain benchmarks of your life? Did your dad play a role in this? decision that we're talking about? Well, 100%. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm sure you've been a part of that. Yeah, that conversation too. But so my dad, you know, he died when he was 38. And if you do the math, he's actually 38.8 years old. And so I, I knew the exact day that I was his age on the day that he died. Hmm. I don't know why that meant a lot to me. But I, I knew that I wanted to be doing something meaningful on that day. Because to me, every day past that point was a hundred percent gift. Mm. Every day before that's a gift too, but this was a real kind of line in the sand in my heart that I had. So, you know that that that, that did motivate me for sure because I didn't want to be sixty and look back and think, man, I should have, you know, I should have done this or I should have done that or I, I don't want to waste any time. 
you know, and because it's short and you don't know when it's over, right? That's, that's cliche, but it's true. So the other big thing with my dad is that, you know, I was 10 years old when he passed away and there were so many milestones in my life at like 15, 17, 21, 30, when I'm making a decision in life or like thinking about how I should do something. And I didn't understand when I was eight, nine or 10 watching my dad live his life, but I would be in a situation at 21 or at 30. And I think back, well, he did this. Here's why he did that. And I, I learned a lesson. And, and there was one thing that he said, I, I think quite often, because it stuck with me and I say it to my kids and I feel old, but it's actions speak louder than words. I mean, it's even, it's in the Bible, you know, if you're going to say yes, do it. If you're going to say no, say no. And, mm-hmm. and so it's more about what you do, not what you say. And, and I just thought like, you know, my kids might not understand taking a break from work, but they will know at some point in their life when they're having a decision to make mm-hmm. about what's more important, money or relationships? What's more important, my time or something that I want that's a material want, you know? And they're going to think back, well, my parents did this and trusted God in this way. Maybe I can too. And mm-hmm. that's, that's my hope. I'd love to hear how you ended up quitting or resigning from your position, just because I'm sure that took your bosses by surprise, because that doesn't happen very often when someone is high level in your position is stepping back. So I'm just curious how that conversation went, if you could share that. (laughs) So uh, I was at University of Michigan, you know, with some customers and, uh, and my boss was in from out of town. And uh, so we went to go eat uh, lunch after our after our couple cases. And uh, so, yeah, so we went and had lunch. We were eating outside. It was nice out. It was uh, October 2016. And I had been debating for quite a few months when I was going to quit because a lot of what we get paid is at the end of the year. And you have to finish on December 31st to get that January check. And so it's like, well, if they cut me off because they are upset that I quit, then I'm going to lose out on a good percentage of my income for that year. So I don't want to do that. And I was praying through it. And I felt like, man, I'm, I'm the shrewd manager. Like, that's what I should do. You know, I'll give two weeks, I'll be legit. And then boom, January one, I'll get my commissions check. And and I just got God kept nudging me to say like, nah, just try this out. Like you saying yes to this big deal thing. Well, let's, let's, let's give a bunch of notice, give four months notice, see what happens. I'm like, whew. So I like my heart was pounding that whole day, you know, and I sat down for lunch and I remember Patrick looking at me. He's like, so what's new? (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, well, um, I want to give my notice today. So I want to have that conversation. And he like physically put his chair back. Whoa, what, what? And we ended up having this long uh, conversation sitting outside of Zingerman's in Ann Arbor. And I just remember it was really healthy, but he was just kind of in denial, kind of like shaking his head and saying, like, I don't I don't think you understand what you're what you're missing out on. There's there may not ever be a chance to make this kind of money again. Like, what about your 401k? What about health insurance? And, you know, they they knew we were pregnant. What about your baby? And he's like mm-hmm. pulling on all these heartstrings. And mm-hmm. so, you know, as like we're we're, uh, you know, we're, we're moving out in faith here. And uh, and so I remember walking in the parking lot to our cars and this was a Friday and uh, he's like, I tell you what, I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell Kristen yet. And Kristen's our vice president. She started this whole thing. She's, she built the whole, you know, therapy that we're a part of the company's Edwards life sciences, by the way, not that it matters, but so I'm like, he, he's just, he straight up wouldn't tell Chris. He's like, why don't you sit on this over the weekend? 
And then we'll talk Monday because I have a feeling you're going to change your mind. Wow. <laughs> so, anyways, Monday rolled around and he's he texts me first thing in the morning. He's like, how are you feeling? I was like, feeling like I just gave my notice, but nobody's listening. <laughs> but, uh, so, so what ended up happening is, you know, they were super encouraging at the end of the day, all of the leadership, all of my coworkers, and they were just thankful that I gave so much notice so that I could help hire and train my replacement. Mm. The replacement that we did hire, by the way, just fun fact, is is now um, my current boss because I'm back at that job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're giving away a really awesome part of how God redeems, restores. It's just amazing. Again, I want to pick at a little detail. When you said I'm moving out in faith, how was that received, if at all? Yeah, I think, I mean, they they kind of knew, they they know who I am and who, like what our marriage is all about and what, what we care about. So I think, uh, I think that was absorbed well. They, they didn't dig into it too much. Part of a cool part of that story too, and I don't remember the timeline of how it happened or when, but he ended up being able to stay on for one day a week for a long time. Yeah, so at some point, we didn't hire my replacement until way late. And part of our job is like, we need to physically be there for cases. And so you, you need a body to be there to, you know, do the service. So they asked, you know, if, would you be willing to stay on one or two days a week on contract? And, you know, I just thought about that. I'm like, well, what's my hourly wage? I mean, yeah. giving up a day, I'm trying to take a sabbatical here. Yeah. And so we negotiated that and it was, you know, super healthy. And so I ended up for a year of my sabbatical working one day a week, sometimes two days a week. But it was like, uh, you know, it was just like cutting the grass. I didn't have the mental burden of yeah. strategy and how am I going to do this? What's my next move here? It was very freeing. I just I basically got to do the best part of the job that is the most fun to me and and, and got to do it hourly. That's awesome. <laughs> oh. it, was, it was such a blessing financially. It was like one of those things you don't see until you take that step of faith, it was like, oh, I'm just, and then it was like, oh, well, here's this nice little, you can do this one day yeah. a week and it'll help financially because, you know, we still had to have a baby. We weren't ready to go on the RV trip or anything yet. Yeah. My boss was even like, no, 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 don't quit in January, quit on February 1st so that you have insurance for, you know, the baby up until, you know, she's born and then you'll get, you know, another commission check in February. Like he, he was just very strategic with me, giving me advice that I really, wow. I hadn't thought about because I was just moving on. And, and he so really- They were on your behalf. They were uh, on yeah. your family's behalf. The favor was unreal. Wow. That's awesome. So I had kind of forgotten that you had taken so much time off. I'm so focused on the RV trip, but total, how long was your sabbatical? It was 18 months. That yeah. is awesome. Yeah. Can you just like press in a little bit? Because I know that anyone who's listening to this will be blessed by this. So I'm going to encourage some additional details because I know that when I work with clients, men and women, we get hung up on the fear of the unknown and we get hung up on speaking on behalf of the other person. So we don't have conversations with people because we assume what the conversation, we assume what the other person is going to say, or we assume the person doesn't have favor or isn't going to you know, work on our behalf. And that might be true. There might be a lot of evidence as to why a, a job or a boss, an em employer or a spouse or a family member telling our children, we have a perspective of how we're, we think it's going to go. And maybe that's a high probability. But what I'm hearing you say is you guys 
did it anyway. You had the conversation anyway. You walked through the overwhelm. You didn't wait until you felt complete peace. So what was it like for you, Jay, to get to that point to have to say it and then realize, wow, they received it so well and we had so much favor? I'll share. I think it was September. You were pregnant with Joey, who's our six-year-old now. Um, we took a little baby moon to San Francisco, mm-hmm, California. Yeah, California. So we, um, yeah, so we went to California for a few days and did some hiking in the redwoods and and just enjoyed some sun. And so we were hiking in the redwoods. There's this place called the what is cathedral. it called? The cathedral. Yeah, which is just towering redwoods and it's just super peaceful. You feel like you're you're in a you're just in some amazing creation right so mm-hmm. we sit down on this bench and and I'm and I'm we're praying and uh and I'm praying for like what to do because we're having the conversation on that trip on do I give my notice at four months or do I game the system and give my two weeks and and guarantee my commission for 2016 it would have been and so um you know I'm, I'm praying I'm like closing my eyes I'm looking up at this big tree and I see this big maple tree that's kind of like it's much shorter than the other trees because it's redwoods. They're super tall. And so this this maple tree is kind of coming out horizontally. And I see all these leaves and I just envision myself like climbing up that tree. I'm like running up like a little monkey and I'm grabbing all these leaves and shoving them in my pockets as many leaves as I can in my pocket, in my pocket. And it just it was like God saying, like, you've you've been doing a great job of taking care of yourself you know, and, and you've been really, you know, doing everything you can to, to put everything you can in your pockets for the future, to be wise, whatever the motivation is. But I bet you, I can give you more than what you can put in your pockets. I I bet you, if you, if you receive from me, then you will be overwhelmed. And, uh, and so that was the confirmation of like, okay, well, if I'm going to do this Matthew six experiment, where if like first, you know, seek first his kingdom and all these things will be given to you as well. I might as well start now with that commission check and see what happens, you know? And, uh, you know, the, the two words that were super heavy on my heart as, as reasons to take the sabbatical was I wanted to be more flexible in my life and I wanted to be more available to the people in my life. Hmm. And, and so God was saying like, you need to be flexible and available in what I'm going to pay you and, and how I'm going to provide for you. Uh, because man, I can compartmentalize. I can be super, surrendered in one area of my life and completely taking control in another area of my life. Mm. And so it was God's timing and saying like, it's time to release that control, stop shoving stuff in your pockets and and receive from me. Wow. Well, and the beautiful, another beautiful part of that story is because we we had decided before we went in there, we were like, Oh, you know, you're not allowed to talk in the cathedral. So let's sit down. Let's both pray about this or whatever. And it was like I watched this leaf fall down. It was like I had never seen a leaf fall. It was the most beautiful thing. Like I'm watching. It's almost like floating. And then like leaf after leaf. And like eventually this leaf falls and lands right in Jay's lap. Wow. <laughs> silent because you're not supposed to talk. And we had already decided we were going to pray about this. And when we came out, he was like, yeah, I prayed that God would, you know, when I saw that first leaf, because it was like, it was like awestruck of both of us. He's like, when I saw that first leaf, I prayed that God would, what, send down five leaves or something. Yeah. And the fifth one landed in his lap. It was so beautiful. Wow. So it was just this overwhelming, you know, feeling of his, you know, Holy Spirit presence in my life, just encouraging me to like, you, you, you do this. And he must, he know, he obviously knows us. He knew I needed that strong of a confirmation because yeah. you're not always going to get that strong of a confirmation. And sometimes, you know, I feel like in my life, 
I get strong confirmations because of my lack of faith. And he's mm -hmm. like, he's nudging me over that. And so I was just super encouraged. I actually have that maple leaf uh, framed in my office. Oh my goodness. As a symbol of just trusting him. It's interesting to hear you say strong confirmation. And I know as living in community together, we know many stories like this between the two of you and, and the community. But it's interesting how we can say the term like a strong confirmation. Um, and I do love pausing there for a minute. I do love how personal God's voice is for people. So there's that. It is very personal, super intimate for your heart, for your for your personality, for what you need to hear his voice. Love it. But it's interesting because someone else could have the, the the leaf fall and they totally dismiss it. They're like, it's just a coincidental leaf. Of course, a leaf is going to fall. And you didn't miss it. You didn't miss the heart of God just mirroring and, and, and just kind of absorbing in and speaking to exactly that son, daughter, I'm here and I've got your back. And mm -hmm. so I just love the language we use uh, can just be so powerful for us. And then for somebody else, it could be easily dismissed and vice versa. So I just, I like pausing a little bit and I'm pressing into some of those specifics. That's good. That's so good. I love that story. I, I do too. I love the story. I got goosebumps and I've heard the story a few times and it was just a, a, a sense of knowing how, how God interacts with us. It's really precious. So then you, so you have confirmation, you end up talking to your boss, you end up leaving, but you're still working there once or twice a week, which is awesome. I had totally forgotten about that part. Mm. Like God's provision is so amazing. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and so then it's time to leave for the RV trip. You guys have decided you're leaving in March. So then you're done working contracted anyway, right? Or had you already been done with that? No, my, uh, my VP called me, uh, and this was about at the 12 month mark. He's like, Hey, I'm getting a lot of questions from <laughs> leadership as uh, is Jay still on contract? Is that still happening? And that was supposed to be just a few month thing. It was, it's been a year. Like that's got to stop. <laughs> like we don't allow this. Like they didn't allow, that was the first time that it happened. And so, like, so, so you're done in December. I was like, duly noted. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And, uh, yeah, that, that was 12 months. And so that was, yeah, December, no, January of 20, no, 2018. And so that was, yeah, in the wintertime. And then I would say, yeah, all these details don't matter. Bottom line is like, we started thinking about the RV trip, um, doing that instead of like a Spain or Europe thing in late summer of, you know, 2017. Mm -hmm. Then I did a ton of research. We bought a motorhome in, in November. And, and then in March, we took off on the RV trip. How great was that? It was so good rehearing all of those details right. about what motivated them mm -hmm. for that trip and that experience that they had. And I know, so I'm just going to repeat some mm -hmm. of them. Um, the book Economics, of course, the book Four Hour Work Week, which mm -hmm. I don't think I've read. Um, I should put that it on my list. It was a good read. Yeah, it was impactful. Kind of gave some insight on how to use time. And which would be in the world of economics. It's like our physical resource, our time and energy. Yeah. So that book really capitalized on that. Yeah. yeah. And then the Parenthood movie from... Oh my goodness. That's from the 80s, isn't it? Like late 80s, <laughs> I feel yes. like. It's one of my faves. I know. I want to re I want to revisit I do that movie now. That Let's he put it on our about wheel it. Here. All right. All right. <laughs> Doesn't fit, but... Could use an easy week. <laughs> <laughs> what was the part that he brought up? 
in Parenthood. So the part, and I can't remember exactly, but maybe Steve Martin was in bed and his wife was telling him about all the things that needed to get mm. done the next day. And so he's like listing off all of these. I have to do this. I have to do this. Mm. I have to do that. He's like, my whole life is have tos. And I was like, oh man. Yeah. I don't want yes. as an adult to feel that yeah, way. You're right. And I love when movies, this is, this is the way like we can enjoy like how God speaks to us. I really believe that that was a like a Kairos moment for Jay. Mm-hmm. You know, you're watching a movie. Why would God speak to me through movies? Right. But he he does, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, God speaks through things and people, events, and of course his own voice or, you know, his from directly from his own heart. But it's like Jay really, that was a stopping, that was a marking moment. Mm-hmm. And then I've heard Jay multiple times say, I do not want to have a list of have tos, Mm -hmm. which is why he brought up like just being in the grind and how fast it is that we end up grinding. Yeah. Even if we intentionally try not to. Right. And when we're in the season of raising kids too, it's so easy to feel like that. Like, man, I'm just full of have tos. (laughs) That's good. That's definitely a script flipper. Right. Uh, He did that. I get to. Mm -hmm. It's really good. Uh, and then what was another influencer? And then he also mentioned our dad, yeah. which I love that too. You know, I have to ask. So when you heard him answer that, how did, how did that sit with you? What were you thinking about? I mean, I totally get it. I was eight and he was 10 when our dad died. And we both have been so shaped by the legacy that our dad left mm. us. And so I loved hearing Jay speak into that. And the whole point about, you know, my dad was 38.8 years old when he died. Right. And that just blows my mind because I'm 42 now. So I'm four years older than my dad was when he died. And that just, yeah. it's crazy to me. Um, but I think mm. it's given us both this appreciation for um, life, for life, for every, every day, day after <laughs> yeah. 38. What another marking moment. Because I think, too, we think about, Jay and I both do, think about, like, the ages of our kids and the ages that we were. And mm. um, so, like, I think now that even if I passed away, my kids got so many more years with me mm. at 13 and 16 than I got with my dad. Yeah. It's just, it it really is captivating. And I could talk about this for a long time with you. And I loved our, like, off-mic conversation about it. I, I like your, I appreciated your abundant mindset on how Jay had different experiences than you did. First of all, him being a, a boy mm-hmm. and being 10 right. and two years older. It makes a difference. At it does make 10, a It makes a big difference. Two years in that span of life is a long time. And then that's two more years with that parent. And then the parent dynamic of a son and a daughter. Mm-hmm. And I just... Listeners don't know the conversation we had, you know, just in chatting about a little bit, but I just want to show like you had, you had, or at least have a very abundant, like there's enough for everybody mindset rather than this scarcity victim mindset, which you would have the right to have this, but you chose not to, that they had a lot of connectedness and memories, like the phrase he used that you said I didn't even hear and that phrase or that that didn't impact you the way it did Jay. Right. I had forgotten that that was even, you know, a thing that my dad said, um, actions speak louder than words, which I mean, I've heard that my whole life. Yeah. So that, and it totally is in line with how Mm. I remember my dad. Mm. Um, but yeah, that was interesting just hearing that and being like, Oh, I don't remember that being a dad thing, but, but for his son. Yeah. 
and for Jay's personality. And God knows what's ahead of our lives. I always love it. He walks before us. Mm -hmm. And those marking moments, that was a phrase that marked Jay. Um, and it allowed him to be motivated by uh, his dad in mm -hmm. those 10 years. And so I just appreciate you letting me <laughs> poke around a little bit and see what was on your mind. And I find it really interesting how that was such a compelling detail while Jay was sharing that Nat and Jay were sharing what motivated them. Mm -hmm. And it, it's, the, I, you know, God wired me for those details. And I'm like, wait, there is that perspective. I know that your dad played a key role. Mm -hmm. And it was just really lovely to be able to pause there and yet again and just chat with you about the role that our childhood or our parents uh, you know, for the high and the low moments and the impact that they make in the decisions moving forward. But again, both of you carry such an abundant perspective rather than the scarcity of lack. Mm. And it was just, it's, it's an honor to, you know, hold space for that life event. Yeah. So. I mean, my dad had, he was an adventurer. He mm. went on all sorts of trips. He went to Europe several times mm. to explore. He went um, to Switzerland to ski one winter break when he was in college. He went to Colorado to wow. mountain climb. Like He definitely had an adventurous spirit, and Jay and I both inherited that from yeah. him for sure. I appreciate that. Yeah. Oh, I'm so happy. Thanks for letting me sit in that with you guys. Another one that I loved is the leaf mm. story. We were doing... Um, well, so this book is from Mike Breen. Mm -hmm. And that book, as Jay said, came from 3DM's group right. uh, and building a discipleship culture. Yeah. And so we were all doing huddles. Uh -huh. And so a huddle is an intentional year of doing life with that group of people. Mm -hmm. And Ryan and I were a handful of couples that were in a year huddle with Jay and Natalie. And, um, and it was at this time that they had come back from that trip, just the two of them. If I have the timing right, or at least that's when they were telling us the story. And the leaf, maybe it was even after that, but the timeline, it's been five years. So, But the point is, I remember the impact in that moment of them coming back from that trip. And just like, I just had an encounter with God. And it was just that leaf, that mm. confirmation, that one leaf falling down on his lap. That that could also be missed. I know yeah. I already said that in the in the um, conversation, but I'm feeling that again right now. I I love that story, yeah. and I've retold that story to other people just because it's so powerful to me. And it was again, that's why it's so great to hear other people's stories because when you mm -hmm. can see how. God speaks to one person, it opens your mind to how he might speak to you. That's right. Um, so that was just... I Like, take note. Notice how God is trying to get your attention yeah. and answer your prayers and confirm mm -hmm. your confusions or, you know, make things uh, order your path mm -hmm. through a leaf. Through a leaf. Oh, With, just that beautiful. had so much more meaning than just a leaf. Yes. Like, I, I love that. So you and I have already talked about this probably several times because we know it, but that 
he was talking about the leaf. You know, they both were like putting the all the jamming leaves in yeah. his pockets, you know. And I think of the same, um, like a metaphor of being in that money machine. Do you remember those? Oh, totally. Like it's like a <laughs> like a tube and it blows the air and the money swirls about. I'm going to grab it, I'm going to grab it, I'm going to grab it. Put it in my pocket, whatever you can yes. grab, whatever you can take. And that's the amount of money you can keep. Yes. And that's what it brought to mind when he was talking about the leaves like I want to remember this and I want to take this leaf and I just want to take this leaf and oh my gosh this leaf is so huge and so beautiful and God's like oh my goodness yes and here's this one or this Mm -hmm. this one is a marking one and and you don't have to hoard you don't have to shove it all in your pockets you don't have to hoard your bank account or your friends or you know your intellectual um, abilities like I'm going to provide yes. exactly what you need for a time such as this. Yeah. I think he said something like, God was saying, hey, you've done a great job of um, providing for yourself. Now, let me show you how That's I can provide good. for you. Yeah, like, You don't have to do it all on your own. You don't have to be grabbing for all those and shoving them in your pocket and saving them for later. Like, let me. Listener, just pause for a second. Like, what does that do for our being just to go back to like that game that whatever you can grab, mm-hmm. whatever you can provide for yourself, that's what you get. Like that is what it feels like. That's the grind of life. Whatever that valued item is in any of the categories, Yeah, you don't have to strive. It's not just like this minute to win it kind of thing. Mm. Like you can just rest and trust and surrender And hang with me, talk to me, says God, and I will provide your every need. I'll never leave you wanting. It's Mm -hmm. just, that's the inheritance of having that relationship. And, you know, what's mine is yours. Yeah. Whoop. Come on. So next week, we get to continue on with um, part two of their conversation and actually get to hear about the blessings on their trip. But for anyone who's interested in getting a little bit more details or information or pictures from their trip, you can go to Instagram and go to Riches on the Road, and it's Riches, R-I-C-H-E-S, on the road. That's their Instagram account where they documented with some beautiful pictures of their trip in the places that they stopped. Yeah, that was such a good reminder that they had that because if I were a listener and I knew mm-hmm. none of these details yeah, and I do know some of them, like this is a neat place to go to just see yeah. more details as to um, what their four-month RV trip across the United States. I know. I'm scrolling through some of these pictures and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is gorgeous. Oh, gorgeous. Wow, look at that. I have some bucket list places to I know, go to. Really? Mm-hmm. So we will return next week with the Richardsons, but right now it's time for the The Wheel of Fear. All right. And if I lose again. (laughs) Do you even have anything on your wheel? I'm going to be really annoyed. (laughs) No more growing and leveling up for me. That's too many weeks of growing. All right, I'm ready. All right, I'm still looking for my wheel. Wheel, where are you? There you are. Okay. We've heard such great feedback on the Wheel of Fear, and uh, we're, we're processing maybe adding on a new element to include our listeners yeah. because we hear that a lot. Uh-huh. And I want, I want to know what other people are fearing. Yeah. Because maybe I should be fearing that too. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that'll help you <laughs> bust through some walls. Yes. Yeah, it's it's a it's a really neat part of the podcast, and um, it's not just the fears; it's any lies 
that we're feeling it one minute, it feels like such a truth. But yeah. then when we are in community with other people and it's like, wow, I didn't even know that what I was believing is truth is such a lie or a limiting belief, mm-hmm. um, you know, or an outright fear. And we're not talking about spiders, y'all. We're not talking about spiders. We are talking about anything that holds us back from... <laughs> I hate those spiders. <laughs> Eek. <laughs> I saw the look on your face. And I'm like, and we're about to go it's down. It's a little bit about spiders. <laughs> Just kidding. It's a little bit, little bit about snakes and spiders and bears on oh my. <laughs> go ahead. Put that on your list okay. just to fill it up. <laughs> I know. Uh, but yeah, that might... that. Any fears, lies, limiting beliefs that hold us back from having an abundant life. So here we go. Are we right. ready? Rock, paper, scissors. Yeah, here I we don't go. know why my hands are sweaty. I don't know. But here ready? we go. Here we go. Rock, rock paper, paper, scissors, shoot. shoot. Oh, I won yeah. on the first try. My rock crushes her scissors. It took me a minute to compute what just happened. I'm like, rock beats You're like, scissors. which one wins? <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. here we go. Ooh, that's loud. Look at how many pie pieces. <laughs> Oh, that's loud. Okay. Oh, goody. What is it? What is it? What is it? I'm wondering if I should be specific or if I should just say, listener, I'll report back in a week from now. (laughs) See the look on your face. It isn't my perpetrator. Okay. (laughs) It isn't contacting my home invasion perpetrator. That is on the list, though. No, this is... It's so simple because he's a mentor and we actually have conversations, but... It is contacting Jamie Winship <laughs> and asking him if he <gasps> will. <laughs> but do I say that out loud or do we leave it as a surprise? So I just put it on the wheel of fear because I tend to overthink, which then stops me from moving into action. And it's an idea. So all I have to do is call, call text mm-hmm. Jamie Winship and ask him to contribute to the wheel of fear. So he has his book out, Fearless, Living Fearless, and it's an amazing book. Y'all, if you haven't gotten that yet, I highly recommend it. We highly Mm -hmm. recommend it. Many in our community are reading it or have read it, but I won't give away what it is I want him to participate in, but I have a week. All right. I'm so (laughs) glad it's not me this week. (laughs) And if you don't know who I'm talking about, listener, um, Google. Oh my gosh. Look it up. Or uh, visit identityexchange.com. Yeah, his website is identity, identityexchange.com or just YouTube yeah. him, Jamie Winship, Donna and Jamie Winship. You will be just amazed. He's a phenomenal storyteller. Yes. He's made a huge impact in this world, both he and his wife and his family. So much more to say about that. But anyway, uh, he's a mentor. Both of them are, are friends and mentors of mine. And I don't know why I would be afraid to ask him this sweet little 15 second favor, but he's a busy man. And uh, it's a limiting belief because I, I really know his answer will be yes. Yeah, for sure. But I'm still sweating. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> Better stay me tuned. Than you. And uh, yeah, yeah, guys, we'll be back next week yeah. with part two of our conversation with the Richardsons. Awesome. Thanks See for joining then. us. Bye. Bye. We are so glad you listened to this episode of the Abundantly Me podcast, where we flip the script on fear and exchange it for perfect love and truth. Want to stay in touch? Please consider subscribing. And if you would like to continue the conversation from an episode, 
Go to AbundantlyMe.org to access our podcast group. And remember, when it comes down to it, the greatest way not to allow fear to be a liar, a limiter, or a liability is to first be loved by God. Then we can show up in life motivated by truth and love that sets us free. And we would love a virtual hug by sharing, liking, and leaving a review, which also allows others to learn about this free service. 